Good morning, everyone. It's always very important to read the Bible very carefully and to look at the words and look at the nuances and especially look at the images that the passages that we read evoke. And it's also important to not only listen to the gospel on Sunday, but to read that context, that gospel in the larger context, like I mentioned last week. In particular, today's gospel ends at verse 35, the gospel of Matthew chapter 9. However, if you open up your Bibles, you'll find that uh, chapter 9 actually ends at verse 38. So there are actually two verses, or three verses, that are, not, um, that are not included. Now we do that because we have a limited amount of time on Sunday morning, and we can't exactly read the entire Gospel of Matthew, so we try to take snippets. However, um, hearing the Gospel in church actually assumes that you have read it at home before, so it's not meant to be your first time hearing of the Gospel, and that's why during our daily prayers, I always encourage everybody to look up to find the gospel text, we have, we've given everybody a calendar, or if you don't have one, please call us and we'll send you the entire readings. So you're not just coming into church and leaving um, as if the first time you're hearing these things are here, that you're preparing for the Sunday worship and that you're immersing yourself in what it means to be a follower of Christ and actually looking for very practical ways in your day-to-day life of how to apply this very rich message. So the part that is Right after, so verse 36 in today's, um, in today's reading, we read, we read up until 35, but verse 36 is actually important um, for what we had read before. Um, At the sight of the crowds, Jesus' heart was moved with pity for them because they were troubled and abandoned like sheep without a shepherd. Now, if somebody were to call us sheep, we probably would not see that as a very great compliment. Um, you know, we see sheep as being just kind of aiming wondrously. However, both the Old Testament and the New Testament spend a lot of time focusing on this imagery of sheep. And the reason is, is actually rather simple. Because Jesus, and also the message of the Old Testament and the New Testament, were based on images that people saw and associated with all around them. So in a culture where there were sheep everywhere, uh, there were a lot of images of the sheep and the shepherd. So although for us today, the only time we see those kind of animals are perhaps in pictures or on our dinner table, the image of sheep that Jesus evokes here actually evokes also the image of a shepherd. So if there are healthy sheep, then there needs to be a shepherd. And for us, we think of ourselves as sheep. We don't, fi- we don't see ourselves as just stray sheep. We are sheep that follow a particular sh- shepherd. And that shepherd, of course, is Jesus Christ. So this image of the sheep and the shepherd is really a, a very important image in not only the New Testament referring to Christ, but also is rooted um, in the Old Testament For example, in the book of Numbers, right? So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, right from um, the fourth book of the Old Testament and the first section, if you will, of the Old Testament, what's called the Pentateuch, the first five books, this image of sheep and shepherd is is important. 
Numbers 27, 17, Then Moses said to the Lord, May the Lord, the God of the spirits of all humanity, set over the community someone who will be their leader in battle and who will lead them out and bring them in that the Lord's community may not be like sheep without a shepherd. Therefore, this image of sheep and shepherd and the Lord guiding the sheep, but also helping and protecting the shepherd. And then also in 1 Kings 22, 17, so Micaiah said, I see all Israel scattered on the mountains like sheep without a shepherd, and the Lord saying, these have no master, let each of them go back home in peace. So what this is telling us is that there's, there's a very important connection between us as followers of Christ and the Lord who provides for all our needs. If you think of sheep that are wandering, we are not the sheep that are wandering. There are many sheep. We are the sheep that have a specific, particular shepherd who has the ability to gather all his sheep. And, of course, Jesus picks up on this imagery, this very important imagery of the Old Testament, and uses this image of the sheep and the shepherd. For example, Matthew 12, he says, What man of you, if he has lost one sheep and it falls into a pit in the, on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out? This is something that was very important for people, that the sheep, which were valuable, also had a shepherd that was responsible to gather them. And actually, um, there's a chapter, chapter 10 of the Gospel of John, where in one chapter... This image of sheep, shepherd, and, she and uh, sheepfold are found 21 times, therefore, showing us how significant it is. I won't read the entire chapter. I encourage you, though, to go home and read the entire chapter 10. But I will read one verse, which you may be familiar with, and I brought this icon, put it here today, of the Good Shepherd, where Jesus says, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hireling and not a shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep, he, and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. And he flees because he is a hireling and cares nothing for the sheep. Therefore, Jesus not only tells us in the Old Testament that he will, God will send a shepherd to take care of his sheep, but in the New Testament, Jesus says that he is the shepherd who not only takes care of the sheep and feeds the sheep, but he lays down his life for the sheep. That's why it's always very important to look in detail uh, what this image means, because for us, sheep, shepherd, mean nothing, but in the time of Jesus, they meant a whole lot. And in particular, at the end of this verse, Jesus heals two blind men and then basically explains that the, the, the blind men, in a sense, uh, mirror the sheep who are wandering, not knowing where to go. They need the shepherd to guide them. So going to the parallel or the connection between this gospel, the sheep and the shepherd. First, first there's this image of sheep and shepherd that is presented by Jesus, that is rooted in the Old Testament, rooted in the New Testament, rooted in, in God sending a shepherd, but also in God uh, coming, becoming one of us, being incarnate, and then him himself shepherding us. Let's look also at some of the details of this gospel and how they connect to this theme. Every single verse of this gospel is actually so rich. Um, when we think of sheep and shepherd, what, do we what, we could, what could we think of if we have actually seen them? They, they, we, we, we think of senses, really. You see the sheep, 
Sometimes if you're close enough to sheep, you smell them, and you also hear the sheep. So there are these images of us being engaged into our, in our senses with Jesus in today's gospel. For example, chapter 9, verse 27, Jesus passed by on from there. Two blind men followed him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. Let's stop for a sec. Just think of this, think of the logic of this verse. Two blind men followed him. How could they follow him? They were blind. So in the first part, what, is, what we are trying to, to, to see or we should notice is that first Jesus passed by. In other words, Jesus did not see them. And because they were blind, they didn't see him either. But how did they follow him? They used a different sense. They used their sense of hearing. So Jesus did not see them. They did not see Jesus, but they heard Jesus. They heard Jesus and they followed him. At first they cried out, but Jesus did not hear them. And then they cried out even louder. And then Jesus heard them. Jesus heard them crying aloud, um, but still didn't see them. So because they were behind him, right? Two blind men followed him. So here we have this combination of hearing but not seeing, seeing but not hearing, and then hearing but not seeing, and then the story develops a little more. The next verse, that's only one verse. Verse 28, he entered the house, the blind man came to him. Therefore, what happened when they came to him? He obviously saw them because he wasn't blind, but they were blind. He saw them, but they still did not see him. And Jesus said to them, so they heard him. They heard him speak. And what does he tell them? Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him. They heard him and he heard, they heard him and he heard them. There was this combination. There was this question and answer in which the eyes yet could not see, but they heard. And Jesus uses another one of his senses. Verse 29, he touched their eyes, helped them to feel. And this also reminds us of the book of Genesis, where God touched the ground and blew into the ground and created humanity. Creation came out of touching and blowing and feeling and speaking, in a sense, breath, the breath of air. Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said, yes, Lord, I am. And then 29, Jesus touched their eyes and said to them, so they heard, they heard an affirmation of their faith before they were able to see. He touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it done to you. Therefore, they felt Jesus and they heard Jesus. And then verse 30 and their eyes were opened. Their eyes were opened. And Jesus sternly charged them, see that no one knows it. So what happens when their eyes were opened? They saw Jesus. Jesus had seen them. They had heard Jesus. He had heard them. But no, it's only now that they saw Jesus and Jesus saw them and they heard Jesus and Jesus heard them. Now the final twist to the story that also engages the senses is that Jesus tells them to not speak. He says, don't let anyone hear about what I tell you and what I did to you. Because at that time, he didn't quite 
reveal the fullness of his glory. So he tells them not to speak as he had spoken and healed them. But in a sense, they said, how can we not speak after we had seen? How could we not speak after we had heard? And how could we not speak after we had felt? So they saw Jesus, then they saw the people, and then the people saw them, and finally the people heard them speak. This is the interaction that this gospel presents with this larger theme of sheep and shepherd that is found throughout the Old Testament. Now, how does this all relate to us? It's always important in the Bible, in reading the Bible and applying the Bible, to first of all unpack these images. Not to jump too quickly to what it means to our daily life, but to lay the foundation for um, the power and the strength of this image with regard to the entire teaching of the Old and the New Testament. Some, we can ask ourselves some very basic questions. Number one, do we see Jesus? Do we hear Jesus? Do we feel Jesus? Do we feel him touching us? And we can ask ourselves a second related set of questions. How have we seen Jesus work in our life? How have we heard Jesus in our life? How have we felt Jesus? And then we move forward, and today, and moving forward, how can we see Jesus? How have we sometimes not seen Christ work in our life? How has God done maybe marvelous things in your life, but somehow we were blind? And then from blindness, we eventually said, okay, at least let's start by one of the senses. Let's hear, and then let's feel, let's touch, let's experience, but then let us also see. This is a, a beautiful passage that reminds us that our faith is not just a Sunday thing, not something we come and worship and go home, but something that we are living very interactively with God on a day-to-day -day basis, with our fullness, with the fullness of our senses. So I ask you to go home and reflect on this gospel. Reflect on whether we are wild or a stray sheep, whether we cannot whether we have put ourselves in a location where God can't even see us. God always sees us, but we have, we have, if we don't place ourselves in God's presence, like when we do to come and pray, then we, have lived, we are living a life separate from a life in the sheepfold of our Lord, who laid down his life for us, his sheep. So I invite you today to immerse yourself in the beauty of this gospel, Matthew chapter 9, and then reflect on how you have heard, how you are hearing, and how you will hear God's voice, how you have followed, how you are following, and how you will follow the Good Shepherd of our sheepfold.